Hello and welcome to Property Matters, supported by Fairview International, Property Consultancy and AuctionProperty.co.uk. You can find this weekly property show live every Sunday on PropertyMattersTV.co.uk or by searching Property Matters TV in either YouTube or Facebook. Uh, whenever or wherever you're watching the show, we'd love you to get involved by putting your comments section, your comments in the comments section below. And uh, if you'd like to email the address is hello at propertymatterstv.co.uk. Property Matters is also available as a podcast, of course, uh, on our website, or it's available from wherever you get your podcasts from. So what's been going on in the world of property? Well, the first thing to say to Joe is, of course, good morning. And it's two years ago, this very day, it was October the 18th in 2020, when we first said hello to our viewers on Property Matters. So uh, Joe, we're two years old officially this very day. Well, happy birthday to us, I guess, um, <laughs> on, on that basis. Um, but what they say, uh, what a difference a second can make, a minute can make, but what a difference two years can make. And you know what? We've never had um, lesser to talk about. There's always something. And for two years to be able to chat about my favourite subject, um, it means that I've still got plenty of uh, um, ammunition in the old uh, in the old war chest yet um, to make sure that we continue for perhaps even another two years. Um, so yeah, thank you for your support, Paul. Thank you for all our viewers and listeners' support, of course. Uh, this wouldn't be possible without you, and um, long may it continue. An idea that we started with uh, during the pandemic, the COVID period, kind of grew its own legs, all due to the fact that um, you, our listeners and, and viewers, decided that um, we had something that made sense. Should I buy a house now or wait until 2023? Which I'm guessing, Joe, a lot of people are asking that question. You mentioned the desire to move house this autumn and friends and family are likely to raise their eyebrows and question your sanity. With the average two-year fixed mortgage with an interest rate of 6.43%, according to MoneyFax, they may actually have a point. Meanwhile, Oxford Economics claims that house prices are overvalued by a third and a crash is likely, and even Knight Frank predicts double-digit price falls in the next 18 months. Meanwhile, sellers have got used to calling the shots. Two-thirds will only sell to a chain-free buyer, and a third wait until they have three offers before they agree a sale. This is according to a survey by Empowered Mortgages. As the market turns, sellers may find buyers gain the upper hand. That's quite interesting, isn't it, Joe, that the fact that some sellers are waiting for three offers before they agree a sale. Interesting turnaround of events, uh, and that's why property is uh, an extremely exciting subject for me and an extremely exciting subject for everybody, to be perfectly honest with you. And it's interesting that, um, you know, such comments are being made, whether it's right now or right later or when is the right time. And I've always been an, an advocate of almost, you know, saying that the right time is when it's right for you. Um, I wouldn't wait for um, a viewpoint of what is right and what is wrong. I guess if I could have got a penny for every person that has asked me when the right time is or when they'll wait until house prices drop or they'll, you know, wait for this and they'll wait for that. And then all of a sudden, like we've seen over the last couple of years, how things have turned and twisted in the property market during the pandemic to now when we have um, a, a encumbrant um, office of the Prime Minister that's done a complete dog's dinner of what our economy is all about right now, then you just don't know what the next thing's going to be. But um, certainly, is in, in my opinion, 
there is never a right time. The right time is now. The right time is when you feel you can actually get the right funding and it's right for your personal circumstances. Yes, there are lots of questions about what is the right time? When is it right to invest? You know, where do I invest? What kind of property do I get? Do I buy a new one? Do I buy an old one? These, these are constant questions that we face all the time. But I've learned over the 40 plus years that there is no particular time other than the time that is right for you. If you don't take that step when it's right for you, then when the things change and they can change dramatically quite quickly, just, just see what's happened over the last, you know, one month from the time that the new prime minister got in situ to where we are in a month. So all of a sudden it just twists and it could change just as dramatically again. And those that sit back may think, oh, I wish I'd actually done X and I wish I'd actually done Y. Um, there's no harm in looking, you know, shop windows are there for that. There's no harm in asking the question and there's no harm in making your preparations, talking to the lenders, checking out all the background. Because as you know, a lot of it takes time. I mean, the average time for people to move is is still quite archaic. It could be anything between three and six months. So even if you were thinking about moving, you might start that process now and you might not be moving until three to six months, depending on what you're looking for. And in that three to six months, things can change quite dramatically. Um, but yes, it makes good conversation. Bad news always sells, as we all know. And at the moment, um, everybody's focusing on what the financial status is of our country and whether that is what's going to be a roll on to the property market. And of course, it is at the moment. Interest rates have you know, gone high, sky high by comparison to what they were. New fixed rates, as you rightly say, Paul, are coming in at some amazingly high figures. And, and so therefore, it's hard to adjust. But equally, let's say it got even worse and you didn't take the opportunity now, the question you ask yourself in maybe two months time, I wonder if I should have taken that fixed rate that I got then. And I know that we had these discussions when we had Bob on, the, on our program before, doing, talking about mortgages, when he quite clearly said that he would certainly advocate that a lot of people should look at fixing their rates, you know, at the time they were, at the time they were giving five year fix at two, three percent, et cetera. And instantly they all came off the off the shelf as soon as the the, the problems started in the financial uh, industry. Um, and um, so now they're 6%. So had someone taken heed of the suggestions that were made at the time, they would have been in a stronger position. But, you know, we always think it's going to get easier or it's going to get cheaper or there's going to be a problem. So the answer to the question of when is the right time to buy is now. Now, obviously, there's another twist to that for the right time to sell. Yeah, this is not the time to be flipping properties to try and make a few quick quid, is it really? I mean, but the, the Times is suggesting that if, from the experts they've been talking to, if uh, you're intending to stay in your new home for five years or more, then you're likely to recover any losses that might happen as a result of the market turning the other way. Uh, but the immediate calculation, they say, has to be balancing rental costs against savings for deposit and mortgage payments. But of course, a lot of people are having to pull out because their mortgage offer uh, is being withdrawn. Um, I was reading in one of the articles, which I think we'll cover later, that somebody in the north of England uh, had a, an offer 
on a 630-odd thousand three-bedroom home, and the offer was fixed at 2.1, and now the lender is coming back and trying to question parts of the deal that they've put to them and picking holes in it, and the the, the buyer is very worried that this is the first signs of a of a, a, a withdrawal of the offer. And of course, that's what's happening. A lot of people are having to withdraw because they're looking at the cost, what's coming down the road, and they're thinking, we just won't be able to afford that, so let's not get into the mess in the first place. And that's got to be a problem and a headache for sellers. The sellers um, are, are equally concerned about their position. Buyers definitely are concerned about what the mortgage market is doing. There's no question about that. If they've exchanged contracts on a property, on a mortgage offer and then that mortgage offer has been withdrawn that is putting them in a very very dire straight position because theoretically they're committed to buying and if the mortgage offer for any reason has been withdrawn they are likely to lose their deposit so it is very important for all buyers to potentially make sure that they take cautious and caution in whatever their mortgage offer is read it get it checked make sure that you are within your rights and if necessary, get it extended. The reason why they're going to take them away or, or look to extend it is purely monetary. It's not a personal thing, it's a business. So a lender's going to say, well, actually, if I could charge you more percentage and you're still happy to pay it, then I'm going to tell you, I'm going to withdraw it unless you, unless you agree to pay a higher rate. They're in the business of making money from money. And, and so, you know, it's, it's a bit of a mercy, merciless sort of situation that the lender's going to do. But, if you've got an offer and it's within your, first of all, if you've got an offer and you can afford it and you need to maybe tweak that uh, interest rate and keep it, I would strongly recommend that you do because the the alternative is when you say, okay, well, I won't go, and then you go back to start. And when you go back to start, you may not even have what you've been offered in this instance um, over a, a maybe a small increase in the interest rate, which you would have got anyway, even if you'd, um, concluded a matter at an interest rate, unless it was, of course, fixed for a, a period of three to five years, anything else would have been affected by the interest rates going up and down. Uh, it's the old story here, that not it? You know, they, they're going to be quick to go up. Somebody said, I think I, I listened to them, they said, petrol prices are quick to go up, but they're very, very slow to come down. And it's the same as mortgages. You know, they'll make the quick notes of, of putting them up, but they will be bringing them down very, very gradually. Um, unless there were some drastic measures that had to be taken. We had that in, in the austerities, and that's why interest rates were so low at the time. But, of course, they've now had the opportunity. I've also had a view where people think, well, this was actually conjured up because the interest rates were so low, um, and this was the only way to actually, you know, say uh, in an honourable, rightful way, look what's happening in the marketplace, we've got to put the interest rates up. Um, and maybe there is some some uh, scandal in in that sort of idea as well, but the reality the, the reality is that if you've got a mortgage offer and you've got it in hand and you've got to adjust it, um, I would take advice to make sure that you try and keep it, um, because the the idea of saying well I don't want it is even worse because you'll have to actually literally go back to start, and you may not end up having what you even got on the table now. One thing the Times suggests in their article is that uh, it is worth appealing if you have your offer changed or withdrawn. Um, they're also seeing that it's quite um, common for buyers to effectively borrow from the vendor, paying an agreed rate of interest, so effectively like a bridging. 
the vendor will retain the first charge against the property. It's not unusual in a bridging situation for this thing, sort of thing to happen, of course. And when the loan is maybe for six months, um, that may well be a way that gives them time to still meet the price, but put a lower offer in because that's what's happened to their mortgage offer. The other suggestion that they make is that uh, you could exchange and complete on the same day, which is quite difficult, obviously, to do in a chain, but with two in a deal, it can work. One uh, central London agency, Tedworth Property, said they did this with a buyer who was worried about a mortgage offer that would be withdrawn. And if the transaction was slow, um, they might, might withdraw the offer. So it was very stressful. And even the agent got in to help the elderly seller. Uh, and they were packing suitcases still at five o'clock in the afternoon. Um, that's the estate agent and the seller. So quite an interesting concept, exchanging and completing on the same day, Joe. Yeah, I mean, it's not that it hasn't happened before, Paul. It happens quite a lot. Um, it's just that obviously in order to be able to meet all the timescales, if it is possible, it can happen. Um, the interesting thing about um, the buyers now um, being cash buyers or... or um, the seller choosing to sell to a cash buyer um, is obviously more real because of the mortgage situation that has now occurred in the marketplace where maybe lenders might not offer as much or the rate might be too high or that um, you know the buyer's mortgage offer has now got to be different and that could take time. Um, you'll find that um, the idea of a seller providing the bridging facilities uh, to a, a buyer to keep them into the property um, are not abnormal but are risky in some cases uh, I suppose it is like a bridger and you are a second charge and if the circumstances change or you don't then you are likely to lose your deposit of what you've exchanged with that particular buyer without having a, a proper mortgage offer um, you won't always own that property directly so I would strongly recommend that you take good legal advice make sure that you are protected in every possible way and the charges are there um, and then of course it's what rate does a seller charge you um, and is it more competitive than a bridger which it will be and more competitive than a lender who may charge you a higher fixed rate which it should be so it may be worth considering but the problem is that does that mean that the seller is actually going to be moving any further forward because they've really not got the release of the money um, from the property in order to be able to go and buy what perhaps they want to buy. So I'm not quite sure how they really benefit on that. They might say, okay, I've got exchange and I've made a commitment, unless that seller is actually happy to move out and let the second charge move in, there lies the, the question. The second charge really is then because it's, it's about the dog and the, on, and the tail again. The, when you're in, you know what they say, possession is nine-tenths of the law. And so to have somebody into a property with a second charge, which you've given, may not be as exciting legally. So do take um, caution to make sure that you are protected and, and given the right guidance, and the right contractual um, commitment from those people. And these things do then tend to lead to, you know, ultimately potential scams and so forth. So my advice be not that I'm a financial advisor, just generally, you know, caution. Is, is probably where it would be stick to the ordinary but of course there is a solution the solution is of course the auction process which is what we specialize in um, and um, and that route exists very clearly and categorically that allows people to exchange contracts at the drop of the gavel get a commitment 
and you could agree a, perhaps a slightly long stop completion date so that basically both people can have the time to do the thing. But it, it just means that contractually you've actually got yourself a proper commitment. And so there the exchange and completion perhaps on the same day can exist, can happen, providing we have a legal pact and the buyer is aware of all the things that they've got to commit to. Um, buyer beware, obviously, of those things. And cash buyers prefer that. Market has changed probably at this moment in time more in favour of the buyers. So it is becoming a buyer's market as opposed to a seller's market. Um, and that will uh, reflect on, and, and I'm getting lots of calls. I mean, this week alone, I've had uh, more calls from agents who have got properties that have now either fallen out of chain, lying vacant, sellers wanting to be gone, um, ordinary um, private treaty situation is no longer effective. Um, and so therefore, you know, they've got to look at what the auction method can actually offer them. And it is a method, it's an alternative method, though the word auction always conjures up the point of, you know, is, is, it, is it desperate or is there a problem? It's not. It is a method of sale that allows for sellers to actually have an active sale done in a much, much um, shorter space of time and, and have the results knowing what it is. And I'm getting certainly a lot more calls from um, would-be sellers who have been in chains before those chains have collapsed, properties lying empty, so they're not making money on, on any rental. They don't particularly want to commit to a, a new long-term rental to somebody else. They've obviously made their mind up they want to sell. Many reasons, many reasons for that. Um, some are financial, some are personal, some are, you know, internal things that they need to sort of settle up and sort out. Some are taxation and some are that they've got borrowing at a level that they think, you know what, this is the time for me to cut and run <clears throat> and trying to save my neck for what it is. So the, the, the method of auction is, is a great method and that is now becoming very popular. Uh, in, in the sense that it allows people to make a decision much quicker for. Well, the article says, as you mentioned, cash buyers a moment ago, that agents are busy seeking out those unicorns. They do exist. Some 36% of homes in the UK are owned outright, according to the Office for National Statistics. Buyers from this group are hot to trot, of course, despite the financial storms of recent weeks. So the cash buyer is king at the moment. And cash is king, as, as has always been said. Um, the other thing they're talking about is make sure that that EPC is the best it can be. If you're rated D or lower, of course, uh, then there's some easy wins like adding a 80 millimeter jacket to your hot water cylinder, improving draft proofing, fitting low energy light bulbs, that kind of thing. They're all VAT free at the moment, so they're more of a bargain. Anything more significant uh, is going to take time and therefore additional cost and, and significant cost and therefore might not be practical in the circumstances that we are at the moment. But the one thing that's really interesting is the seller now wants half of the stamp duty saving. There have been examples in the last few weeks, although there's a risk of the buyer calling their bluff, the average saving on stamp duty after the government raised the threshold for the tax from 125 to 250k is two and a half grand. So they're asking for 1250 quid of that uh, as a gesture for getting the deal done. I don't think so. I think that's just, you know, I mean, they'd be lucky to get a buyer that's happy to buy their property, let alone try and do a deal with them and nick some of their stamp duty savings. Um, I don't know where, where that's been conjured up from, but it's not something that's going to be real. And any seller 
that has thinking that that is a nice way to actually try and do a deal. They really definitely need to look in the mirror and check the situation. I mean, first of all, in this current climate, if they've got a buyer, you know, be, be happy that you've got one, let alone to turn around and say to that buyer, by the way, I want 1,200 quid of your stamp duty saving to do this deal. There are now so many more properties available. You know our statistic check that you do every month from uh, Zoopla that comes in. And we know that there are more instructions coming on the market. And there are more instructions now coming on the market that where the sales have actually fallen through. The, the number of fall throughs are massive now because of the circumstances in the mortgage market where either the offers are too differing or the interest rate is now way too high for those people to think that they're going to make a commitment on a long-term basis. So the chains are falling through and the buyers, and that's part of the reason I'm getting calls from potential um, sellers via their existing estate agents who had a sale on a property and now that sale has fallen through and there are going to be very few people that would look at that. The other side of the coin is always the investment buyers. The investment buyers are now finding it hard to, to actually make a profit based on the interest rate that is being charged. So if somebody was having a 5 or 6% return yield on their investment, well, they're now paying 5 or 6% on a fixed buy-to-let mortgage. So all of a sudden, that investment is not of not attractive as it was maybe literally a month ago, a month later because of where the interest rates are gone. That's not attractive. So I can't imagine that anybody would want to bugger up a deal, in all honesty, pour over 1,200 quid in the grand scheme. But yeah, there's always somebody out there. Yes, and of course, the other factor being that uh, if paperwork has already been done, there's a legal rewrite and there might actually be additional fees which could equally uh, come to 1,250 quid in just getting the documents rewritten for a start. The, the thing they're talking about is the Halloween hiccup week joke as the the new chancellor jeremy hunt <laughs> which one is it this week uh, has uh, made um well, he's due to make his fi uh, fiscal statement on the 31st of october and of course the bank of england uh, are predicted to be putting up interest rates by another one percent on november the third so this is this halloween hiccup week they're talking about and buyers are very worried about what's going to be the situation post that week and uh, it could be quite a tricky week for them I don't think that buyers have got to really worry about a lot in the sense that we know where we are, you know, it will sort of tweak itself out, it will sort itself out, it's just that they've made a right dog's dinner mess about it and they brought um, Mr Hunt in to try and see if he can steady the ship a bit um, and, um, you know, put some other chap under the bus and, and blame it on someone else. It's always going to be a blame game. but. The, from our point of view, Paul, as property matters go, and, and my view of life being the realistic side of it is that, you know, we cannot affect things that are not in our control. So the only things I always advise to people is do the things that are right for you and not what you think is right for everybody else, because it doesn't matter to a large extent what is right for someone else. What is good for you may not be good for someone else. So you just got to make that decision for yourself. And in the, in the grand scale, they're never going to actually worry about you as an individual. They've got bigger fish to fry as a global thing. And if the market is there, you've got a good mortgage offer, you've got a good chance to buy the property of your dreams, and they, then do it, you know. Um, because in the long term, you will look back and think, well, I wish I had. And, I've, and that's the bit I'd like to say if I had a penny for, 
every person that has said to me in the last 40 plus years, I wish I had, um, is, is probably, I wouldn't be sitting here doing my program. I'd be on some, you know, Bahamas beach or something and having a great time because it is the case of, I wish I had, you know, 40 plus years ago, I'll always say this and I'll say it time and time again, my house, first house sale was 34,950 pounds. I visited a similar house in the same street and that was 650,000 pounds, 40 plus years later. You know, I always say the property market might go into neutral for a while, but very rarely has it gone into reverse. It will go into drive at some stage again. So if you are in a position and you feel confident and, com and competent to be able to deliver that, then do what's right for you. You can't be responsible for everyone else's actions, only the ones that you can take for yourself and, and just take advice, good advice. We're here to help you as much as we can and give you, steer you in the right way. I'm not saying that you should buy everything the way it should be. All I'm saying is don't wait because if you wait and miss the bus, the next one might be a few hours later and maybe a bit more expensive. There's some interesting advice here about choosing an agent when you're looking to sell. Choose an agent that's ready to sell in a buyer's market because if you think about it, it's in a seller's market, all you have to do is to pop the property up on some portal somewhere and then sit back and relax uh, and wait for the inquiries. But in a buyer's market, you've got to get an agent that can do sales progression. That's basically getting on the phone and chasing the buyers rather than assuming they'll come to the door. Well, the industry has changed dramatically in the last... 30 years, Paul. Um, when I started, and I'm sure if Guy was you know, listening in, he'll probably throw his temper. And, you know, we were estate agents first. We, we did sales, and that means that's how our drive was. Um, but about 25, 30 years, the, the, the matter changed, and it became a letting business more than a sales business. And the problem with that is that the majority of the guys that are in the business to now are more letting orientated than they are estate agency orientated because lettings was the poorer relation of the business and now the sales are the poorer relation of the business and the reason for that sales uh, business being poorer is it, it became a sort of an automated automated system like you say you stick it on a portal somebody makes an inquiry if it's right they're going to view it if it's wrong they're not going to view it and therefore there's no sale actually happening by the negotiator or the staff because it's not being motivated and driven. And, you know, I'm sure when I speak and say this, so many people now are just emailing and messaging and WhatsApping as opposed to picking up the phone and negotiating and talking because that's the way the modern world has become. But yes, when they say about an estate agent that is going to be an estate agent in a time of difficulty, that's the person that's going to pick up the call. I suppose, you know, look in your little black book and, and find out who are the buyers, who are the ones that have actually been making a noise, who's out there looking, and they're the ones you need to tap up and say, this is the property that might be suiting your needs. Um, and there will be tire kickers, there will be people that look, and because it is becoming a buyer's market, you are going to get more tire kickers and probably more ridiculous offers. you just got to learn how to nurture those in the best possible way. Um, in order to achieve a sale. So yeah, it is going to get a little more challenging. There's no doubt about that. But good estate agents will thrive through that and others will just let it go. And that's probably where you can pick up. And that's where we may come in as auctioneers and auctioneers across the board because then 
you know, when it isn't happening, um, people are going to say, well, how else can I get rid of this? You know, I've given it to my agent. It's, it's been stuck on their portal with, you know, Rightmove or Zoopla or whatever, and they're not actually doing any more. What else can I do? And that's when we get called in and say, well, actually, we need to be more active, active in how this is going to be marketed and, and maybe look at different angles and different ways of making sure that that property can sell. Estate agent body Property Mark says that completions are approximately two or five, or between two and five percent below the actual asking price. So, what's the science between in putting in a low offer? Presumably, you're going to be looking for people who need to move quickly, like a change of job to another area of the country, maybe, or someone who's getting divorced, or perhaps someone that's in a debt situation. What's the science behind low offers, Joe, at this time in a buyer's market? I think the science behind the lower offers is purely taking advantage of what is currently the market. So, you know, if the boot is on the other foot, you've got to learn to wear it. And, and, and so when you're, when you're a seller and you've got a listing and there's, there's less property available, you're then going to be saying, well, you know, I'm going to sell for that and I'll let a penny less. And if you really want it, you're going to do it. Here, we're now turning the situation to buyers where there are lesser um, uh, buyers coming in because they're worried about what they are, but then the quality of the buyers may change. So those buyers that are available may come in with cheekier offers um, and as a start point and then maybe negotiate to a point where they are. Everyone will try it. It's a, it's a, it's a natural thing. Um, and only a good negotiator, a good salesperson um, is going to be able to negotiate that deal to a deal that is acceptable for both parties. Um, a bad one will just let it go and it will be saying it's too low. I'm not going to sell. That's the end of that. Um, I'm sure there's a deal in every deal, in all honesty. It's just about asking the question and making sure that the, the right thing, that, that can happen. But yes, of course, in any given market where the opportunity is there and is presented, every buyer is going to give it a try and see if they can chip it a bit. It's natural, and why not? I mean, at the end of the day, if the boo was on the other foot and they, it was the only property, they'd have to pay more. So this time it's their turn to be able to say, you know, I only want to pay X. It just depends where it is, what that location is, and how popular it is. In some areas, still will demand the prices that they are because of perhaps catchment areas. School catchment areas is always going to drive prices to a level, and they will never really suffer long term because sooner or later somebody is going to change schools for their child, and someone's going to move into that area. And if they want to be within that catchment area, they're going to pay the price. So. It'll be just about those things that are perhaps a little bit off the normal scale, perhaps a little bit remote, perhaps a little bit, you know, where the communication isn't as good as, but where there is good communication, um, still shortage of, of good property, you will still get good money for it. It may not be, you know, 100% of what you think you were going to get. You might be within, you know, 5 or 10%, a couple of percent of, of that price, but everyone's got to look to chip. And that's just human nature. Of course, not everybody's a good negotiator, a good salesperson, if you like, Joe. Um, and there's a suggestion here that if you're looking at a property above £750,000, that you could consider uh, instructing a buying agent. And they find homes that uh, you can't by toning up to a estate agents. And they basically do the dirty work and negotiate a really good sales price. And their fee should be covered by the saving that you are able or they're able to negotiate all kinds of people appear in this business and um, as long as i've been in it i've seen 
a complete new area of, of operations from the type of agents to the type of people that are in there. I mean, just let's take a, a brief look at people like Purple Bricks. You know, they came in and became a market disruptor. But in all honesty, how popular are, are they now? It's not as popular as perhaps they did at the time. When the market was in their favor, it was great. But they're not all good negotiators. It was, it was an easy job at the time. Then you've got other operations that come in and say, we can do something for free. And it's the same thing with people that you find agents that are looking. Now, those, are, those agents that search on behalf of clients are at a certain level, Paul. I think that's when you've got those executives, those people that are moving from country to country and people want to try and negotiate, look for properties, haven't got the time. That kind of works. But the average everyday uh, person, you know, is going to find it within the two or three now portals that are available. Um, and those schemes are not particularly going to be that strong. There's not going to be that many people that are going to say, well, actually, I'll pay you to help me find a property that I might make a saving on, but I've got to make, pay that saving to you. Well, actually, I can do most of it myself because it is going to be put on majority of those portals, and one of those is going to come through sooner or later. Um, and um, so I don't, I don't think it's an exciting prospect. It's not something that um, I would particularly endorse. Um, and in all honesty, I can't think of many that have called to say, you know, they're acting on behalf. So there's a specific market, maybe in London, maybe a million, million and a half pound plus properties, maybe for an executive or that is moving from one country to another. So I think it's a very niche market, but I don't think it's an everyday thing. No. They say that a lot of people are looking for fixed price removals now, fixed price removals even, and looking at things like midweek removals because that's going to be cheaper than weekend. When someone is selling a property for 750,000 or a million pound or two million pound or whatever, and actually then they start to think about, I know, you know, save the pennies to make the pound situation, but when you're selling a property at that level and you parted with hundreds and thousands of pounds in fees and you start quibbling about a removal company that may be charging you a thousand pounds opposed to two thousand pounds you know it's small fry in order to do that the, the key thing really is to make sure that you've got the right kind of removal operation that are properly insured um, you know experienced in making those moves the way they are because by making it midweek or making a saving on it you might find that that valuable item that you're going to get moved by those people is damaged and it's going to cost you way more than the saving that you would do so whilst i think it's you know a good idea obviously everybody must shop i'm sure if if the opportunity existed for a, a, a removal company to do a deal with you because that is you know a customer that's going to come to them on a friday or a thursday as opposed to maybe a saturday or the other way around then i'm sure you can negotiate with them too um you know there's not going to be as many moving as perhaps we saw in times of the pandemic or during the last two to three years where houses have been being moved a lot regularly it will slow down it will come back it always has done you know that's the good thing about being in the property business it's, it's it is as safe as houses and you know i always say to you that these houses that we buy and sell they were here before we arrived and most of them are going to be still here when we're gone you know um it is just a journey um and um and so therefore you just got to plug into it and, and make yourself as as uh, comfortable and as homely as you can in the choice that you make 
Last point really on this one, um, tips on uh, getting the house ready for uh, selling in a buyer's market. Yes, there's the usual things that everyone has to face, the decluttering, touching up the paintwork, completing those DIY jobs, making sure the garden's neat and tidy, like you've always said, I know that's one of your big passions. But they say there's more that you can do in a buyer's market. For example, get yourself a property, property dossier. Uh, with the vital document information that you know the solicitor's going to need and extra benefits will come, they're saying, from non-essential information such as the running costs, the, the copies of the bills, the contact details for local tradespeople, the paint colours you used on certain walls and so, that kind of thing, just to make the property just that smoother, appear that smoother in its transition to its new owner. Yes, I mean, you can never ever give enough information on a property for anyone the fact that the majority of it is probably never taken of any interest whatsoever. Uh, it goes back to the days of when uh, they started to do this, um, um, you know, buyer's report or, or property report. And people spent hundreds of pounds on getting someone to come in and do all sorts of things. And I can tell you, and I'm sure other agents that would be listening will tell you that most of them never came out of the filing cabinet. It was just a, a paper exercise that they did. So yes, I think for those that want to spend their time writing about these lovely things to, to do, then yes, there, there's lots of lists that you can continue to make, but the chances of a potential buyer coming in and looking at that list other than the essentials. So house bills are a good idea, but equally sometimes too much information is equally as bad as um, any information. Sometimes you actually put them off and you might turn around and see a bill and you might look at it and you think, well, hang on a minute, I don't particularly want to be paying that kind of money. Why are you doing that? So all of a sudden, sometimes too, too much, too many good things are equally not as good um, and can can be, be costly in a, in a deal. But I think certainly the basics, of course, as you rightly say, I have a passion for making sure that the fronts of every property should be. It's a simple thing, Paul. At the end of the day, we all do it. We drive down a road. And we look at it and we go, oh, I'd like to live here. It's just one of those things. I always call it, we buy with our eyes. And, um, and, and you would like to live there. And why do you want to live there? You want to live there because that road has had neighbours that will bother to look after their properties. The lawns are cut, the shrubs are there. There's no rubbish. There's no cars and bricks on the front. There's no, you know, scraps just lying on the front of the curb. All of that kind of stuff makes that first first 10 seconds and the first 10 seconds probably even less of somebody pulling outside your property they made their decision they're not even worried about the declutter to be perfectly honest with you if your outside does not look right then the chances are that you're not going to get any interest on the inside the inside of every property everybody will change every person that has it will make their own changes to those properties for their liking but to get them through that front door, number one, and I don't care, I'll challenge anyone on that, number one, make sure the outside, not only yours, but encourage your neighbours, because your neighbours are actually devaluing your property by making sure that theirs looks rubbish. Um, they might not care, but you should care. And so for any seller, my tip is always simple. Make sure that front door as they walk through it is, is fine, but to get to it, 
is even better. Well, I guess with a title like uh, Should I Buy Now or Wait Until 2023, that was inevitably going to be a long subject to discuss. And I'm, I'm absolutely astounded to see that the time has gone way past even 40 minutes of discussion just on this one point. But hopefully there's been enough there for people to tease out some helpful tips and hints thanks to the Times article this week on uh, buying in 2022 or 2023. Make your own mind up on that one. One thing's for sure, we can guarantee we'll be back with some more property matters at the same time next week.